Hello, hello, and welcome to FSU Conversation, where we highlight FSU School of Communication, its students, alumni, and happenings in the industry. I'm your host, McKinnon Bell, a current master's student in media communication studies and a director's ambassador for the School of Communication. On this episode of FSU Conversation, we are exploring the study abroad communication programs in Florence and London with Sophia Schroeder and Andrew Chaney. So Sophia, Andrew, thank you both so much for being here today. I really appreciate you guys coming on for this episode, our special little study abroad episode. And to kick us off today, could you start for our listeners who are not familiar with you, taking a moment to introduce yourselves? My name is Sophia Schroeder. I'm currently a senior at FSU studying, I'm a double major in media and communication studies and international affairs with a concentration in political science. I studied abroad in Florence, Italy this past summer in July, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, (laughs) July. I'm Andrew Cheney, a junior at FSU in, again, Media Communication Studies, and I spent May in beautiful London, England. Both of those locations sound like a dream. And could you both tell us a little more about the communication classes that you took while you were studying abroad in your respective locations? So I took two classes while I was in Florence. The first one was crisis communication, and then the other one was writing for electronic media. Uh, I took the first with Dr. Patrick Merle and the latter with Malia Bruker. When I was over there, I was the chief and editor along with McKinnon of the Italian Mills Magazine for that summer edition. And uh, for the podcast, we were just split into groups, um, did some cool podcast things regarding what we had collectively decided were cool topics. While I was over there, uh, we worked on the magazine and the podcast uh, for most of the week. We mainly uh, just sought to investigate Italian culture uh, overall. Uh, especially with the magazine. Uh, We wanted to, our objective was to showcase how international students can do and why they interact with the places they are actually studying. We also looked at just including other parts of the city, just kind of telling those sorts of stories, including the people, the food, the architecture. It was very heavily individually student directed. So all of the stuff that we did while we were over there in both of the classes were student led and chosen. All the podcasts um, and articles, photos, all of it is produced by the students, which was my favorite part. Yeah. Yes, great. Uh, I studied writing to persuade in London with Dr. Shanta Hayward and we spent a great deal of time exploring the city, getting a general picture and constructing different uh, persuasive pieces for use in a blog that we were making, right? So we would travel all around to different sites. We went to Brixton, a minority neighborhood in London. We went out to Greenwich, a very uh, nautical focused neighborhood and just constructed all sorts of different pieces. There was one on uh, local opinions, right? We did one about focusing on study abroad and to promote studying abroad, try to persuade people to study abroad. That was kind of the overall focus of the class was how would you go about convincing someone to study abroad? 
Well, thank you both so much for those interviews. I just wanted our audience to have a little bit better understanding of what programs you guys were doing. And podcast listeners, you did hear that right. I was in the same program as Sophia this summer, so maybe a little bit of bias when recruiting her for this podcast episode. But I can confirm that our Florence program was a lot of fun this summer and definitely student-led. And the Italian Olds magazine that she was talking about, highly recommend checking it out if you have not heard of Italianals yet. And Andrew, sadly I did not get to study abroad with you this summer, but your program sounds like a lot of fun with Dr. Haywood. That sounds really interesting, like the different types of writing you guys were doing. It's really interesting to hear like kind of how the two programs compare, but also contrast based on the locations that we were set in and communicating in and how intercultural communication comes into that play. But I do want to ask, what led you guys to the communication programs in your respective location? So actually, um, my mother traveled a lot when she was in her 20s, um, not through study abroad. Um, my dad was in the military, so she was you know, going around wherever he was stationed. And he wasn't stationed in Italy, but she did live there for like six months because she went to culinary school and she always, she went to culinary school in Tuscany. So in the same region of Florence, for those that don't know. And um, she initially wanted to go back and live in Lake Como at that time. Obviously it did not happen, made it stay, stayed in America, but uh, it inspired me to go um, and actually travel and see Italy. And just overall, I've always wanted to go to Italy, not specifically Florence, just the entire country. And it, Florence is also just a beautiful place. So it happened to be a great place to go. All right, so mine's a little different. Um, Dr. Kathleen Paul of the president of the FSU London Study Center is, she's a personal friend of a friend. Um, and just kind of inadvertently ran into her when she was doing a trip to Tallahassee. And I always assumed that there would not be any programs that would really count towards my major abroad. And then she told me about the one they offered. I looked into it, it was a class I needed and it fit really well. I think it's really cool, both like your personal kind of connections and like who you knew that brought you to your different locations, as well as how that aligned with like what you're studying and what you're passionate about. And I'm always so curious like what takes people to different places. I was so excited when I saw Florence because it's like one of the only places master students can go in the School of Communication. There's not a lot of opportunities for study abroad for master students, which is what drew me there. And so it's always great when you find that overlap of like what you want and what you need. Which leads me into my next question is you already gave us a little overview about what classes you took and what you were doing within those classes and how they were kind of unique to the location that you were in. But could you delve a little bit deeper into that? How did your classes abroad differ from your communication classes on the main campus here at FSU? I would say uh, just overarchingly, uh, classes abroad are way more immersive than the classes that you take on main campus. And you really get to know your classmates and your professors um, I mean, sometimes you live with them. I lived with what my roommate was also in both of my classes. So I saw her all the time. Um, and you even go on like the weekend trips with them. Some FSU sponsored, some not FSU sponsored sometimes too. Uh, since the classes are usually smaller, uh, in our case for the magazine, it was really crucial to keep each other accountable and staying on top of our work and really being collaborative. Um, and 
I really wanted, and or I'm sorry, I really got to learn more about my classmates than I have in other classes, especially on main campus. I really got to know more about my classmates and their passions, and we cultivated we cultivated a work environment um, that felt much more like real life rather than an actual like classroom because half the time we weren't actually even in the classroom. Uh, the two classes that I took required us to interact with the world around us, Italy, society, and we physically had to get out of the classroom in order to do that. And everywhere I went was basically a learning opportunity for that reason, because I wanted to know as much as I could about everyone and every place that I went, not only for the sake of the magazine, but just for myself. Um, and it's, I would say it is much harder to get this not classroom, classroom environment um, at main campus, considering the fact that in Italy, Italy was the classroom itself. I would say the biggest difference to me is the spontaneity of study abroad. On main campus, when you walk in the first day of class, you get the syllabus, it's regimented. You know what you're doing every single class period. You want to schedule or assist with the professor, it's got to be regimented, scheduled. You go to office hours, everything's set. You know, I'm going to have this club this week. I'm going to have this meeting this day. But abroad, it's completely, you're pretty much focused on your studies, but there's a great deal of leeway in terms of free time to do stuff outside of your studies or when you are studying you're studying throughout the city and due dates were moved very frequently and liberally by dr haywood let's just say which was a completely <laughs> different experience than i've ever had on main campus that's so fascinating you both touch upon this immersive experience and i feel like too kind of the cultural influence that comes from the study abroad location you're in uh, taking time to slow down to appreciate what's around you I feel like is a very foreign and not American concept. Um, it's something I noticed too while I was in Italy and how that impacts every aspect of your life. It sounds like both of you really became immersed, like you were saying, in the locations that you were there for. You weren't just there to do classes, you weren't locked away in the study center with your head bent over a book like you may be in Strozier on the main campus. You really were out there getting to explore and learn at the same time. And with that, what do you feel like you have learned from living in a different country outside of the classroom? For me personally, um, I learned that it's okay just to enjoy life. The Italian culture puts a very large emphasis on valuing and making time for a life that spans beyond work and your education. Not saying that those things aren't important, they are, and they, they understand that and they reflect that, but it's a little normalized to take time for yourself and for your family. And it's even implemented in policy and like through societal standards. Before I went to Italy, I found myself really stressed almost related to the parts of my life that revolved around my career um, and work and like what my future looked like. But when studying abroad showed me that this world is very big and there's a lot of things that you can do in it and it's perfectly okay. And in fact, it's encouraged in Italy to take time to do those things that you enjoy and spend it with, spend that time with people that you enjoy. And it doesn't always have to be 
what can sometimes happen in my case here in America of just like work, school, getting caught in that just routine of like life where you start to lose the parts that you actually enjoy. Yes, very similar note. I learned to try everything you can to get some new experiences, right? When I went over there, I was very e- it was very easy to do that because I didn't know where anything was. I was just wandering around London, right? Very unfamiliar here, Tallahassee place. I know a little better, but there's still so much of this city I had never explored. I got here a few weeks before the semester started and just kind of roamed around, went to all different neighborhoods I'd never seen, took a walk through Myers Park in downtown Tallahassee, which is beautiful. I would have never done that before going to London because it changed my whole perspective and my effort to make new experiences. Even at my parents' house, there were trails that I'd never done that I did this summer. There were parts of Tampa I'd never seen that I went to this summer very different perspective on life in the U.S. I love that you guys both bring that up and that's kind of a shared experience for you both even though you were not in the same program even though you did not study abroad at the same time over the summer yes but different months. I think that really speaks to the study abroad experience and what students hope to gain going in and I'm curious though in what ways did the study abroad programs that you were part of differ from your expectations that you had when you were going in? When I was going to Italy, I actually didn't apply very many expectations because I actually went in not knowing anything. And I would like to say that this is probably not what a lot of people should do. Like, do your research. Like, this is, I guess, some advice also to some people who are listening. Like, do some research. It's not bad to do research. Like, don't get me wrong, exactly what Andrew was saying. There is, like, a spontaneity that I went in with, but it it's also, like, it's okay to be organized. So not really having any expectations, I kind of just laid a foundation from what I was given the minute that I got there. And I my situation was a little bit different because I did go to Italy a week before I started uh, the actual semester at FSU. I was there with my dad for a week. We were in Rome for four days and then we were in Florence for three. So I kind of had my family. I had like a, a backbone with me and he travels a bunch. So he, he had never been to Italy. It was our first time, his first time in Italy. So it was great that we got to share it together, but he has traveled a lot. And I was, so I wasn't necessarily worried, but in the aspect of expectations, like studying abroad at FSU, I expected that I was going to find a group, if that makes sense. Because I lived and had school with the same people, like, and I was, almost doing all the same things every single day with them. I expected that I was going to really only hang out with those people or do things with those people or surround myself with those people, which is not true. I, most of the time was with people in different majors and like different programs um, outside of class, of course. And I don't think that that's, I don't think it's a good or bad thing. I think just the expectation that like, you're studying abroad, you know that you're gonna meet a lot of people, but you are going to meet a lot of people. Like you're probably going to forget people's names and that's okay because everyone else is in the same boat as you. 
And that's the beauty of it. I mean, unless they've studied abroad before, but a lot of the people who are there have not studied abroad before. So they're going in it with this, just y'all are in the same boat. It's gonna be okay. Yes, in a similar vein, I kind of expected it to be a lot of schoolwork because you're trying to do a whole class in 28 days. It was very condensed, but really there was a lot more free time than I was expecting. I was free to go where I wanted, wander around, meet friends, do things maybe that I wouldn't typically enjoy doing in the States, things that I wouldn't even maybe so much as dream of enjoying in the States, uh, just hanging out and so, so much more than just the academics. Well, that makes me so happy to hear that some of the expectations you guys held going in were, sounds a little bit more on the negative side, not to call you all pessimists, but the fear of other people, you know, maybe not having that same experience, like Sophia was talking about, only to find out you're all in the same boat and getting to meet people, having the opportunity to have time for things other than just schoolwork. I'm pleasantly surprised and happy that the negative expectations were the ones that were observed. So it's always good to hear on my end. I think I was in a similar boat to Sophia where I was like, I had studied abroad before, but back in high school. So it was very different when you're in high school and you're studying abroad. And I was like, oh my gosh, what's it gonna be like when I get to Florence? I knew no one going on this program. How am I gonna meet people? And it's impossible not to meet people and to not make friends because they're at every turn and it was a really great sense of community. I feel like both with the people studying abroad and also with the community that we were in. Now you've both touched on this a little bit as we've been going through your answers. So I have some sneaking suspicions of what you guys might answer to this next question, but what was your favorite part about living abroad? This is actually really interesting. Um, I have so many so many but one of them was seeing and actually being able to experience the successes of urban planning the walkability of italy is amazing and the there is accessibility like through public transportation to be able to just go do things and it was like the foundations of cities in Italy just are, I was so able to appreciate them because I was able to live in it. Where if I had to go to the grocery store, I had to walk five minutes down from my apartment and just go get a few things. And it, there's also a, a very like individualistic component to their economy as well, where if you need something specific, there is a specific store for it. Like the meat store, you're going to the meat store and it's two minutes down the street. It was just so simple, like so easy to get the things that you need. So then you can make time for the things that you want, which I really, really, really appreciated. On a similar note, daily life was my favorite thing over there. Daily life became an adventure in a way. Right, I would wake up in the morning, walk around the corner and pick up a completely free newspaper, something I can never do in the US, very exciting, read 
what was largely low-quality journalism. A lot of it was cheap stories, this kind of stuff about the TV, nothing particularly interesting, but it was free. <laughs> uh, going to church on Sunday made a very, very long walk to a beautiful Lutheran steeple in North London, the kind of thing that you really can't find or can find very infrequently in the U.S., right? Just wandering around to the grocery store, there were sights and excitement that you just can't quite get over here. Going back to Sophia's point about urban planning, what did I come home with? A new appreciation for trains. Oh my gosh, I love trains. The way you can get across the country and anywhere for so cheaply and so quickly, and it's public transportation, so it's environmentally helpful as well. Amazing. And Andrew, I love this point that you bring up of just daily living the way little things over there just differ from how we have daily life over here. The free newspaper, I have to say, made me laugh um, as you talk about the low quality journalism, but still to that point, like you said, there's a free newspaper. There's something you can pick up and read. Maybe it's not the highest quality, but it's still publicly accessible, which I think is really important. And this church you described sounds absolutely gorgeous. It's finding those little hidden spaces and carving out those little spaces for yourself while studying abroad, which sounds like what both of you did from the shops you went to to your Sunday churches, that I feel like is really going to stick with us. That just sounds lovely, guys. You're making me want to go back. Um, I feel so sad for our podcast listeners who have not been abroad yet. Hopefully, this will make them want to travel abroad if they are able to, because both of your times just sound lovely. And now, Sophia, I know you already offered a little bit of advice to our podcast listeners and for students contemplating studying abroad or who may be going to study abroad, but do you both have any additional advice for students who are looking at the programs in Florence or in London or just study abroad advice in general? Yeah, so there are, at least personally, um, and just what I heard from my peers, um, a lot of fears that surrounds studying abroad, whether it just be being away from home for so long or just being in a completely new place or not knowing people or even just not knowing where to go if like you have accepted those foreseen fears. Um, So the best advice I think that I can provide is ask yourself how much you think you'll regret it if you don't, which I think is really general, but it's true. If consider what and as informal as it may sound what do you have to lose if like and it's a lot like it's a lot if you don't go you're losing a lot if you don't go uh I mean if the amount of things that I learned and what I saw the people that I met I would never have ever come across it if I didn't study abroad and I don't even think that I have a chance of coming across something like that again unless I do it again but if if single fears of just like oh I'm not sure like I'm not sure if I'm going to be successful in my endeavors while I'm over there if that is a concern there are also there are so many resources and there are people there to help you and the faculty especially at Florence are uh, at Florence's campus are there for you. And if you still have those struggles while 
you are deciding, like it, I recommend reaching out because there are people who are willing to answer your questions and want to help you because they want you to come over because of how much fun it is and how much you'll learn and the experiences that you'll have. Um, and then you'll be able to say that the fears like me, the fears that I had at that time were so pointless because it was so worth it. Yes, I don't even know where to start. There's so many different recommendations I would make, but a big one would be get the exit seat on the airplane, the one that they have for evacuation. If you get in trouble, it could be a problem, but it's a lot more legroom. It makes the flight go <laughs> by much quicker. That's too funny that you say that. I, I wish I had had that advice. Thank you, Dad, for buying the exit seat, let's just say. No shame in saying that. Well, that is too funny. Um, and I do hope that that helps our listeners who might be contemplating, who might be studying abroad, um, to be decided whenever they do study abroad. So that is the last of our official, official questions for this interview round. And here at FSU Conversation, we always like to end on a little bit of a fun round just so that our listeners get one final chance to get to know you and follow up on a few questions I have as well. And the first one, maybe the most important one, is what was your favorite food that you ate while abroad? This is so mean because I really can't decide, but the first thing that pops in my head is the gelato at Gelateria on Denieri next to right next to my apartment which is nearing it was near one it was literally right next to it you don't understand the amount of gelato i consumed there because all i had to do was go downstairs and go next door gelato specifically this is my favorite combo strawberry and mango mm, beautiful beautiful Mango gelato is magical, and I was also addicted to pistachio, or how they say over there, pistachio gelato. So good. Andrew, what about you? The British are not exactly known for their cuisine, and I can't <laughs> say I disagree with the general reputation, but they do know how to do fish and chips very well if you go to the right spot. Brighton, if you go to Brighton, uh, Harry Ramsby's, I believe, is the place. That's so funny. Yeah, the British are not known for their flavors, are they? But fish and chips, always a win there. Well, if you get them in the right place, as you say. So our second question and our official last question of the Rapid Fires and of this podcast is, you have both studied abroad now to some pretty amazing spots. Um, Country-wise, location-wise, city-wise, where you visited. What is on your bucket list for where you want to travel next? This could be a country, a city, a specific place. What is on your bucket list? I would probably choose Barcelona, Spain. I would say uh, Cornwall, UK on the coast. Those are both really exciting locations and I hope you guys get to travel there soon if it is in the cards for you both. I think that studying abroad and traveling is something really important to do really at any stage of life, but especially right now. Right, we're all still in our fundamental phases. I'm old, I'm 22, so you guys are a little bit younger than me, but I think it's important to see as much of the world as we can, 
in order to become better informed citizens of the world, in order to respect cultures, in order to learn how we want to live our own lives. You both have taken things away from your study abroad experiences that are going to be with you forever. And that is really special and really important and something that has possibly forever changed the trajectory of your life. Not to get dramatic, but I always have to do my dramatic endings on this podcast because it brings me joy. And for our listeners, if you are interested in studying abroad, but you don't quite know if you want to follow through with it, or you have questions and you don't know what program is right for you because Sophia's time in Florence sounds so amazing, but Andrew's time in London sounds even better. Whichever will you choose, it's okay. There's lots of informational sessions. Highly recommend booking an appointment with international programs to have an advising session if you have questions about what program is right for you. Um, On October 25th, there's going to be an international programs fair day happening at FSU where you can come out and ask more questions about the different programs and have little chit chats with the students. And as always, feel free to ask us questions, but even better, go to international programs pages and look at the programs there. Sophia was specifically part of the Media Communication Studies program in Florence this summer, if you're wondering how to get those cool classes. And Andrew took Communication in London, if you're trying to remember what those fun classes were. It's a good time. Highly recommend looking at them before the applications close, because that is something very important to remember, is if you are looking to study abroad this coming summer, applications for that close this fall, and I believe it is at the end of October. But for official dates and official timelines, And for more information on all the upcoming events and advising, please go to the International Programs website because that is the most reliable place for you to get information about upcoming events. And Andrew, Sophia, thank you both so much for coming on the podcast today. It has been truly lovely getting to hear your study abroad experiences and making me mentally relive my own this summer. So I'm sure our podcast listeners are going to have a great time listening to this episode and if this hasn't convinced them to study abroad or make them want to go back i don't know what will so thank you both